Heck yes. Hello again. Swallow the orange juice. One. <laughs> yep, absolute slap of the orange juice, which you wouldn't have heard, but if you watched the video, which we still don't know whether we're publishing, you would know about it. Yeah, we, we will know. Actually, have you had any have you had any thoughts about the video? I mean, I can upload it to YouTube straight away. I mean, it's, I've, I've got it on my, on my PC. And do? It and saves do. me having to keep the video recording because then it'll be uploaded to, just to YouTube. We can just download it whenever we want it. So, yeah, I might do that. Yeah. Yeah, it works. Oh, okay. Just upload it. I'm, I'm going to pretend to be invisible today just as like a, a homage to the title of the, the podcast. Oh, that's not funny. Yeah, so today we're talking about invisible apps and systems. It's kind of that dream that nobody wants until they realize how cool it is to have. An invisible system is where literally your system just fades into the background. The apps and the tools you're using don't really exist. They become second nature to you. You do not have to think where things go where things are positioned, how to add a new thing. It is literally you come in, you do what you need to do, you leave, and, and, and there is no, there is almost no friction in what you do because it just is the way it is. And it's not necessarily like after you get over the learning curve because some apps still, after your learning curve, you still have to think about and process what you're doing and think about what you're doing. Which some people like. That's something that that some business owners and some people need to be able to, like, funnel their attention in a certain way. It helps them there. Um, but for me, when running a business, I'm from that sense. It's like I just want to be able to go in, write some notes, and immediately leave. I want to be able to go in, find some information, collate some ideas together, record a video. And then go back to my kids. Yeah, I think this comes back to something we spoke about a while ago now. Uh, but the web clipper, the web clipper in Notion, for me, I, I think relates to this topic quite well. For me, I don't bother using Save to Notion, the advanced web clipper, because I, I don't want to have to think where am I putting it? What database is it going in? What template do I want to use? I don't care. I just want to clip it. Uh, which is why I use the base version of the, the Notion Clipper, whereas other people, they want to put it in all the places. They want to do all the information. Uh, and that yeah. is where I think, for me, that that brings that brings conscious decision-making, conscious thinking into whatever it is that I'm working on. And obviously, looking at cognitive load theory, it means you're expending energy doing something. You're thinking about something, which is something I want to avoid personally. Yeah, and I, and I think we get to that point where you just want to stop having to think about everything. Because we, 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 we do have to make tons of decisions every single day. Every single second, we're making a decision on what we're trying to say, what we're trying to do. If you, if you really think about the decisions you make, there are way too many. So a system should really be getting out of your way. In my opinion, they should not exist. They should be invisible, which is mm -hmm. kind of where my philosophy on like business is personal. Business is just you. A system is who you are and how you work and what you do. That is what a system is supposed to be. But unfortunately, in the productivity space, it's been overcomplicated to be this like very, I'm going to fix what's wrong. You, you aren't productive enough. I need a system to make me more productive. And then you spend more time playing in the system than you do actually being productive and getting the stuff done that you need to get done. And this goes back to an episode um, of the live stream 
where we had um process driven on yeah and and we had a conversation around like notion people who use notion don't want to be productive <laughs> yeah that, that's Which... layla pomper for people that aren't sure yeah um and back then of course i had a, a, a reaction to that like yeah i'm productive but it's true the fact is is that overall it's true because notion by design makes you have to think about it because I you think... have to slot things into spaces and and databases and things like that as you say i think it's not necessarily the application that does it but the 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 context the environment the application builds and that you build around the workflow that the system certainly reinforces some of those habits so if someone has a very basic notion space they haven't built anything in the environment that's going to push them to think about loads of stuff and play. Those that are more tech savvy are more likely to play with tools, play with the features and therefore create a, an environment that potentially allows or even suggests, oh, maybe you should do this. Maybe you should do that. And I know that's for me, one of the reasons that when I moved to Obsidian, I was like, oh, I don't have to think about, maybe I could change that formula. Maybe I could make that formula smaller. Why do I need to make it smaller? It works. Um, what Do I add a relation? Do I add a roll-up? Do I add another database? How do I change this dashboard? Maybe I could make that dashboard instead. And it was because I knew what else I could do with all these features. I tried to make the space even more complex than it needed to be. And it's not necessarily a bad thing, but spending too much time making the system means you're not actually using the system. Mm, yeah and so the idea is that making it as effortless as possible you need a system that just works that functions no matter what you do my problem with rome was always like rome specifically was always it felt like you had to be in it every day for it to be for it to be good interestingly enough i don't get that same like feeling with obsidian and i don't actually and, and truthfully i don't know why my, my guess, because this it's something that I felt as well, is related to the price tag, I think. Because when you're paying for an application that much uh, and you're not using it, it's sort of just sitting there and you use it once every two days, it, it starts, starts the question, okay, why am I actually using this app? Because it is, it is a financial burden. That's for me anyway. I think I know what it is. It was in my browser. I don't like being in my browser. There I think that's what it was. Rome forced me to do something I'm not, I don't like. I use Notion in the web app, in the app, in the actual app. Um, I don't use it in the browser. Although, yes, the browser is probably better because you can have multiple tabs, but I find tab overload <laughs> overloading. No. I would, well, I say that and then I had my tweet the other day of like Obsidian. <laughs> I don't get it. Like, this is the thing, like Obsidian tabs, they're not tabs, but panes, don't feel like tabs. Yep. Now, whether this, is whether this is because I'm early on in my, like, Obsidian journey and I'm still in the, the honeymoon phase, but it just, it just feels like a, a page with the joys of, like, being, a, it, it feels like, uh, what's the film? There's a film that I'm thinking of where literally, um, I think it's Mission Impossible or something like that, where they move around the the electronic thing. Your face is just brilliant. Like, what the fuck is that? Uh, you're just able to move things around. Like, this is a film. I'm like, I've seen so many. <laughs> yeah, I know, me too. That's why I'm just like, ah, which one? It it's like it's 
even though there are different panes, it's one page. It feels like it's one page still. So this is this is an analogy that uh, I, I thought of when I first saw Obsidian, uh, and I couldn't quite get it to match. But now I'm like, yes, I completely agree. You know, like the detective screens, the whiteboards, where they have the pictures and it's pinned to the wall, and you've got the paint, the um, line, the yeah, also it's string. Yeah. Take, that's how I see Obsidian, the Obsidian page, because you can make it big, small. You can obviously pin it, but you can move things around uh, and you can drag it around like, oh, I don't want that there now. I want it over there. And that's how I see the Obsidian. I see it's a big whiteboard with pictures on it, with string going all over the place. The string being the, the backlinks. Yeah. Uh, oh, that's that, so and that, that's how I have it in my head. Yeah, no, I agree. I think that is the best way of, of explaining it. And I think like <clears throat> it, it all goes back to what you how you work and where you work. For some people, they need really strong, solid structures. Otherwise, they get lost. At the point where I was before I moved to Obsidian, the reason I never moved. Well, actually, I just thought Roman Obsidian were the same. I know that that is wrong. They are not the same in any way, shape or form. That's exactly what I thought. That's why I didn't move to Obsidian because I looked at Rome. I was like, Rome and Obsidian, same thing. Not going to do it. Yeah. Uh, and it sucks because Obsidian is really good. It is really interesting. And I think it, I think it's really powerful. Um, but anyway, that's still me. I'm still in the honeymoon phase, so ignore everything I say about Obsidian right now because <laughs> I am still in that phase of like, this is fun, this is a new app that I'm playing. But interestingly enough, the difference is, is that I, it's, it's like the feeling of notion again, but it's it's like I am faster at like using it. Now I have had a very massive shortcut. Hi, Danny. Um, of like being told what is ne- like talking about what is needed and how to uh, how how you use it, and it was very easy to adapt. But even now, I'm just like, oh, I could add this in there, and then I'm like, I still have that. That notion feeling of, oh, if I got to build another thing. And then I went, no, I just click new, create a template. I didn't even click new. Open, like, you know, um, product so, template. You, you, you do that long-winded, like, three no. clicks thing? <laughs> no. I go, I go command O, open, then name it as a new template, move it into the template thing, and then create a new template, which that's it. Which mm. for some people... For many people, that may be too much. That too much freedom. And I suppose there's a, a topic around, like, that's what an invisible f- system feels like. If it feels like effort to do stuff, there is a fundamental problem. So I relate this to choices. Uh, you could you could put this in any direction. You could say like the identity that you have yourself with, the choices that you make, how you make the choices, the way that you think, the way you behave, how you can tr- control emotions and feelings, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, I immediately go back to a primary source from Seth Godin and in his decision of writing a blog every day, he said he made a choice once, what was it like 12 years ago uh, to write a blog every day. And that's what he does. He doesn't make that choice again. He just does it. It's, It's what he does. It's part of his identity. And my system, I made the choice when I started using Obsidian, this is what I'm going to do. And I just do it there's no thought process when i watch a video uh, for those of you that have seen how i note the how i note take video 
it's just what happens when I start listening to a podcast, when I watch a video, when I start reading an article or anything like that. It's just what I do. I, I don't think about it. I don't need to worry about anything. It's just, oh, okay, there's that thing. Let's put this over there. Uh, so I, I start making whatever it is, whether it's on my phone, my PC, looking at getting a tablet slash iPad soon. Um, but the process would be exactly the same because Obsidian works on those. So I don't have to worry or think about it. I don't need to make a decision because I've already made it. I made the decision six months ago and don't regret it. <laughs> and I don't have to think about it. It's just, I do this thing when this happens. Yeah, and, and that's... I I think Notion doesn't quite lend itself to that rapid thought. Not not if you're building it in the traditional way with databases and things like that. It becomes harder because you've really got to... You've got to build the darn database. You've got to build it, figure out the properties. It's not one decision. It's like 30 so there's a real like load on your brain about okay so how many properties okay i need to think about this oh do i need this one or this one like you were saying just a minute ago like what do i actually need in here which goes into and 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 sometimes that is what is necessary when i'm we've been railing on notion quite a bit in these last three episodes and how shit it is but it's not shit it's just for for me i still use notion for my business and actually we use notion to manage notion nerds because ish. It, well yeah ish i mean we both make notes on our forget look you're gonna cut the illusion up for longer if you just have to destroy <laughs> that didn't you um but yeah like for, we, for collaborative and teamwork notion yeah. collaborative and teamwork notion's always gonna win i don't know whether obsidian could ever reach that and i think if it tried to it, it the only way obsidian would work with teams uh and collaborative work like i mentioned before uh is to use sync and have a synced vault um uh being accessed in two different places or multiple places someone having access to it which is perfectly doable um but it wouldn't be as quick with the updates uh but you would also need a lot of trust with the person you're working with because they're going to have access obviously to your account your sync account um so there would have to be a lot of trust in there. And, and I think also from a, an app development standpoint, not that I'm an app developer, but I've been around the tech space for a while to see things change um, in membership. Uh, for example, community platforms like Mighty Networks, for example, um, they try to do too much. Mm. They try to be a course platform or this platform or that platform. And honestly, it and they don't launch things quick enough. Like it's so slow and stale and stagnated. They say they can do things, but they half ask the work. They only half do the right the the job. Zapier integration is really poor, meaning you have to hack the system to make it work. And even then, for for business owners whose integrity is around like being making it easy to leave and like not trying to force people to stay like the fact that you have to hack a system to try and take the payments and all the weird stuff that you have to do rather than just using their integrated payments. But the problem is if you use their integrated payments, which is fine and it's functional, it's not great. There's lots of little things I don't like about it, but if you use the integrative payments, then guess what? You are stuck on that platform. 
that is that which is why i also have a problem linking back to what we're talking about um why i have a problem with apps like super with tools like super rather than wordpress because if something goes down on my business if notion goes down which i'm sorry it may do again the evidence have proven it does that I How may have you know? uh, rinsed you for that a couple of times in the past where I'm sitting here on Obsidian, you're sitting there like, oh, Notion's down again or Notion's slow again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, offline, please. Give us offline. They're working on it. I'm not going there. I'm not going there. <laughs> no, they're too busy acquiring apps. Anyway, um, like... Yep, lost my train of thought now. That's fine. You were you were talking about mighty something or other, and then oh like yeah, mighty super networks. and destroying and, notion. And the problem and... with super is that if notion goes down, super goes down. Now I can hear the replies. Ah, but it has like caching and blah 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 blah, so it won't go down. Yeah, but you can't edit nothing. <laughs> what English was that? You can't edit nothing. Yeah. <laughs> I am from Devon. I'm allowed to speak like that. That's how Two negatives. <laughs> you can't do nothing, but you can't. If it goes down and Notion is your only place, there is a problem. Yeah. You need to have the capacity to still do your work. And and that is what started the 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 like not necessarily the removing of the rose tinted glasses of notion but it, it it made me go okay this is a serious flipping problem that needs to be considered properly mm. like if and I, and I and i think it I, I can't say for sure but i think it freaked notion out a tiny little bit because that's when the big infrastructure changes happened and everything was made fast fast now Yes, it's fast for Notion, but holy flipping hell, it's not fast compared to Obsidian. Goodness me. I'm going to leave you on that one again. Yeah, like... <laughs> like I've been saying this for months. You have. No, and you have, and it's true. But if that doesn't matter, if, if the speed is not important, which it kind of is for most people but if if instantaneous is important to you if your brain works incredibly fast you need to get that note down and get that idea down or put things down or just get it down and instead of having to and you don't want to think about it then notion starts to fall short because you can't do things fast because sometimes it loads really fast other times it loads really slow it's it's inconsistent going to say something i want to add here which i really like the obsidian and obviously um click up do as well click up have a public uh whatever whatever board it is called i can't remember what the thing he's called uh, but they've got a public roadmap where you can suggest things uh, and obsidian doesn't necessarily have the same sort of platform it doesn't have the same financial uh backing as click up click up is a massive business app business tool lots of funding you see the ads all over the place i see them on my videos obsidian not the same when it comes to financial backing but they still use other tools to do the same thing they have a public roadmap yes they're using trello for it but it's a public roadmap you can see what's going on i saw the what you see what you get editor move from long project to short project i saw that and i was like oh oh they're actually considering it they're working on it now um 
Whereas Notion, you're just waiting for a tweet or something, or you're trying to find something out from the Slack group if you're an ambassador, or it, it, you're just trying to like ask questions like, what's going on? Is, is something There's happening? There's no transparency. It lacks transparency. And then the other thing I wanted to add in there as well was the Obsidian, even though I know the use, user base is much smaller, there is a Discord and a forum. The Obsidian forum is still useful, but the Discord, you could literally go there and find out any question you could you could ask ask anyone anything and everyone is happy to help there's notion there are so many friggin' forums all over the place um which is great but there's no centralized okay this is where people are notion doesn't have a community forum it's got a reddit that's run by ambassadors they've got loads of groups run by all different ambassadors there's no go-to notion forum with a notion developer in there that's what the ambassador program is the, the slack but Obsidian, in the Discord, you have both developers in there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know the team's smaller. Maybe that will change in the future. But they're using the tools that are available that the users are already using, like Trello. Most users that use Obsidian know what Trello is. They know how to use it. Uh, Discord, they know how to use it. So they're, they're helping the users do what they need. And if anyone does want to add a theme, add a plugin, just go to GitHub or Git. Yeah go to GitHub and then see obviously the Git repo. Um, and you can see what's going on, what's being put in, what's not. Look at the readmes and you can actually find out what's going on. Notion, it's very hard to find out what's going on when it comes to clarity, but it's not they, in they Notion are, or I, in Obsidian. It's using other tools. They're getting better. But one of the things that I find very frustrating right now as someone who still actively uses Notion for business is the integrations the API. And I think we actually have spoken about how we don't think the API, when the API comes out, it's not going to be as good as everybody wants it to be. And our prediction was correct because yeah. they're not really telling us about updates. They don't really talk about what's coming soon. On that, the comment tab thing that suddenly just appeared, I was expecting like, it was just sort of like a Twitter announcement. Oh, by the way, we've just added this thing. But that's actually, it's actually quite a big deal. Like you have a side tab. The, the, the whole feature of a side tab is a pretty big deal. Yes, it's just for comments, but it's still a big deal. And you've, you've changed the whole top right screen. <laughs> you've changed the icons. That there's a, it's a fairly large change. And it was just a tweet that was just thrown out there that people then retweet, et cetera. There was no, I didn't see any announcement or anything. And it just seems odd. It's soft uh, launched. It was a very, like, yeah. everything launches with minimal fanfare. And I understand for some tiny little updates, like, you know, the bullets, like the, yeah. the, the change to formatting on bullets and the quotes that are kind of cool. I like them. They're nice. A little bit of, ver you know, variety. Sure, whatever. No one cares. Um, <laughs> but what I did like, like, what I, what I find really hard is that sometimes things are released and even we don't know about it. <laughs> yeah i mean so the the copy and paste inside the columns is another one of those small features that was released recently that's a freaking huge feature but and it's just like that it solves so many problems so many issues and this is where i think the difference between notion notion creators are on different platforms and actual notion power users differ power users know all the small intricate differences that these copy and paste features make and a lot of people in the communities whether that's reddit or whatever community 
you'll have like the, the the group of five, the group of 10 that answers the same questions over and over and over with these small shortcuts. Uh, and I used to see it. That's why I left the communities because I just kept saying the same thing over and over because people never read the friggin' update. Um, but when you know those things, you know you're a power user. And those small things are useful for everyone, but they're soft updates. And unless you're going to dig into all of those, you're never going to find out. I think bringing this topic back to our like conversation about invisible apps, it's not the big things that turn uh, a visible app to an invisible app. It's the little things. It's the small, like little things that you can do that make an app disappear or a system disappear. It's, it's, often especially in our the space that we we inhabit everybody makes these sweeping changes to their systems once every three to six months yeah Um, that that was the point i was going with and like but here like when you have a system that works it doesn't matter what app you use that's why you were able to transition show so that that's why you were able to transition fuck that's (laughs) why you were able to transition so cleanly from what you were using before into obsidian and then you basically just stripped everything because you realized all of the superfluous stuff was a load of stuff you just added in because you because it was cool because you were exploring and playing and it's really interesting like your move into an invisible system was was interesting and what's cool is that it's kind of counterproductive because you're on like what? How many apps? How many apps I use? What in total? Mm. I mean, Google Calendar, sort of. I don't actually look at it. It's more of a. It's where everything integrates, so it's there. Um, then Todoist is Task Manager. Morgan is my main calendar app because it's just better than Google Calendar, uh, and then Obsidian. There are loads of other tools in there, like yeah. video yeah, editor yeah. and that sort of stuff, but they're my main. Yeah, they're your kind of productivity suite, so to speak. Yeah, calendar, often... task manager, and note taker. And also when people come to me to ask for systems, they want to get rid of apps. They want to just like, oh, well, I don't want to use Google Docs. Well, why? Does it work? Yes. But then why are you going to get rid of it? Oh, because mm-hmm. everything should be all in one place. No, not if it doesn't work for you. You don't have to have one app. And often the invisible systems come from having multiple apps. Because canny. Canny. That sounds very that, that's what ClickUp used, the, the canny board. Oh. <laughs> I remembered. <laughs> but, squirrel, yeah. squirrel momentum. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, thank no, you. Just sort of like emphasizing the like ClickUp could make quite easily a board in ClickUp and then publish it but instead they use canny board they're using a different tool because it's better than what they would use yeah yeah absolutely so i i'm curious what's your tech stack at the moment your productivity tech stack bloody hell so i have um notion for team and project and task management um and the reason why i have that is because I cannot, um, my executive functioning on tracking time and understanding how long things take is just shot and I can't do it. This is me understanding one of my weak points and using Notion to fix it. 
which is invisible for me now. I've got the formula, thanks. Um, and it now just works. Um, so that's my project and task management. Uh, for personal knowledge management and note-taking and kind of that side of things, it's now an obsidian. Um, I am toying with the idea of moving some of, like, um, video planning into Obsidian. I haven't, I haven't decided yet because I think most of it will be still done, will be done by me because I'm shifting focus in the business to be more content driven for the moment as I move into a different kind of area of what I teach and what I do. So now my focus is shifting into content development and creation and like I am the one doing most of it uh, while my team helps my um, clients. And so for me, I don't necessarily need to have it in Notion. I haven't decided yet. This isn't like a, this is what I'm going to do, but I'm going to play with it because it's, if I can do it, if I'm doing it solo, then I don't need to have it in Notion. And the less I have in Notion, the less confusing Notion is, the easier it is for my team to work with and the better it will be for everybody. So I have Notion. I have Obsidian for my note-taking and personal knowledge management. Um, I have Fantastical for um, like calendar stuff i always obviously have google calendar um i think actually that's the main productivity suite yeah so you use notion as your task manager then yeah i use notion as my task manager and my project manager yeah right yeah so purely because of those formulas i was going to say so so basically the difference is i use todoist whereas you use notion i use morgan whereas you use fantastical morgan and fantastical like fantastical is a, a, an apple thing i don't have an apple system ecosystem so yeah uh yeah so it's mainly just notion and to do this and that's because of i assume the the team team aspect of your actions and then the the formula giving you a yeah it, and i think it's even more the formula because we could have probably used a different app if we wanted to actually yeah because yeah, to do this has team team stuff on it doesn't it yeah, but because of, of the way that my brain works and the fact that I need to see those, that, that is imperative for me to be able to function now. It's just how I work. I can't track time otherwise. Mm. And I also have timing to help with like how many hours I work because I can very easily get stuck in flow. Everybody obsesses. <laughs> I think this is another topic, but I'm just going to go on a random tangent for a moment. Everybody talks about how they want to slip into flow. I want to get into flow. I'm going to sit down. I'm going to plan my flow. I'm going to spend three hours in flow. And I'm going to finish. My reaction is, I hate you. You cannot be in flow. I lose days. <laughs> I can't not be. I start something. I lose hours. And I'm not. People say you can't do it any more than I think it's like between three and five hours in a flow state. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> sure. That's just like neurodivergence in a nutshell. Oh, yeah. And that's literally me. Oh, I time? Think. What? What's, what's that thing? What, well, what? What's the time? Oh, hi. Yeah. Yep. Cool. It's like literally, I think it was the other day. I was, um, ah, that was it. I was doing a co-working session um, with Esme. And um, <laughs> all of a sudden she messaged me at 10 to midnight going, we should probably stop now. And I'm like, oh, is it 10 to midnight? I thought it was like 10 o'clock. I had lost two hours in what I was doing um, because I was in flow, because the flow state isn't actually that hard to get into when you do what you 
want, want to, to do, do and you understand how the entire thing functions it's not a it's not a productivity hack like flow states are not a productivity we need to do a whole episode on this fucking because <laughs> we could go for ages like flow state we could get into flow talking about flow flow states are not productivity hacks they're just not but I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do a bit of uh, relation so we can carry on this conversation. When it comes to flow, when you're in flow, if there are things in the tools that you're using that irritate you, it throws you out. So invisible apps. If you've got invisible apps, it's easier to stay in it. And I'm just looking at my uh, my calendar. So I have like breakfast, lunch, and dinner put on my calendar. It's sort of like a Ghost timing is what I call it. It's sort of like just ah, rough, rough ideas. Um, I, I don't eat breakfast at the moment because I'm testing out intermittent fasting and not having breakfast in the morning. I don't, I don't want to talk about the research and stuff behind it until I've actually done it. Uh, so expect a video maybe next month because then I'll have done it for a month and we'll have actual like thoughts on it. Uh, but the, the breakfast, lunch, dinner is purely just for me to go, oh, it's lunchtime now. I should think about eating something. Otherwise, I would go all the way through my day and then I'd hear my mum and dad shout upstairs, dinner. And I'm like, what? What happened to lunch? <laughs> Where's food? Uh, and then if they're not home, when I, when I moved out of uni second year, I would wake up in the morning. Oh, it's nine o'clock. Let's start writing this essay. Shit, it's midnight. I need to go to bed. I haven't eaten anything all day. <laughs> And, and and so that's why I've put those sort of like shadow blocks in there. So I get a push notification on my phone because it is still a task in Todoist. And it's like, oh, yeah, I should probably stop. Because if you don't stop, uh, you, you then obviously don't eat, not healthy habits, blah, 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 loads of other stuff, flow state, etc. Uh, so having invisible apps is really useful. But <laughs> if you get stuck, <laughs> invisible apps don't push you away from it. When I was in Notion, every once in a while i'd had this this thought oh maybe i can do this uh, and that thought made me actively look at the times like actually do i have enough time to have a look at this no whereas now I, I i don't have any of those it's just go 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 yeah and i think i think if your app is invisible or the tool you're using is designed and built around how you work which is what an invisible app actually is it is an app or, or a system. We talk apps because that's the easiest definition, but it's a system that functions around you. It supports you. It is there for you and works with how you function, your idiosyncrasies and how you are different rather than against you. So the common issue is people try to force themselves into these boxes like power we were discussing just before of like, but the thing is, is that power is, I like power. I use power, but not in the way that everybody else thinks to use power. Power helps me to stay in flow between apps. It removes the decision-making from where I save things. It's like, okay, cool. This is a project. I, I know what a project is. And if, if I'm not sure about anything, it goes in projects. And then every so often I go in and clean up and put it in an archive. It's a way of me instantly knowing. And I switch between all of my tools. So the only one that doesn't do it is my inbox, which I don't manage anyway. But if I wanted to, I can have power everywhere. But wherever I function, I have some form of power apart from Obsidian because Obsidian just doesn't need it. Frankly. But things yeah. like whimsical, um, 
and mo- well, even my notion is kind of loosely, and I say loosely, very like loosely, loosely, like it's. You could loose. attach it to it if you wanted, like with a, with a peg, like a peg yeah. at the bottom of the. <laughs> it is loosely based on para, but I've renamed it and made it my own to make it invisible so that I don't have to think about it so that I can just get on with what I need to do, reducing decision, reducing the load, like just making it easy for me to do my stuff. Mm. And then you've got things like iOS 15 that's just come out, which is very nice. I know you're an Android user, but like for people on Apple, you now have iOS 15, which can hack things for you even more and help you switch between this. And it's just like, yeah, I know my phone can distract me, but quite frankly, if I'm in flow, I'm not going to care. There is something on the side of your phone called a silence switch and you just put it into vibrate and then you put it somewhere else and it's fine. Hold up. Do you have your phone on then? Do you have volume and vibrate on your phone? No, it depends, kids. Okay, I I haven't I haven't heard I don't even know what my ringtone or text message thingy is. I don't even know how like what vibrate no idea. My phone's been on mute since I got it. <laughs> Yeah, I, you don't have. It, it shows up on, so like I'll get like a, a push, when I get push notification, it'll come up sort of like at the top of the screen, like a visual, which is why my phone is always looking at me so I can see what's going on. Uh, it's orange, of course. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I know. But I get the notification, and it'll sort of like show roughly what it is and then just disappear. So I sort of look at it, no, not interested and carry on. I, The reason I don't have any volume on, partly because of my hearing. Um, so for those that are unaware, I'm deaf in my right ear, practically deaf in my right ear. I can hear some tones, but it's useless. Um, so when I'm focusing on something, when I hear something, it's extremely distracting. <laughs> it's extremely distracting, um, which is why I normally wear my headphones. And I'm actually testing out white noise, something else I'm testing out, which again, I'm not going to say too much on because it's do research, uh, <laughs> but testing out white noise and other, other noise when studying and meditating and stuff. But I, Th- those those sort of like those apps the the notifications i have on my phone they're invisible but they're visible enough that if i'm either on the edge of flow or maybe i'm thinking about something else or maybe it is getting to lunchtime and my stomach's starting to grumble but i'm not really paying attention to it and i look at the thing oh okay yeah um so yes yeah, it's, it's it's invisible enough that i don't have to worry about it but it's still visible that i don't forget yeah and, that, and that's what it needs to be. It needs to be that balance on on the edge, so to speak. I, I'm just looking back at the points, and we've covered... I, this is the first time I've actually looked at them. We've covered all the points. The last one, it says, Jay's move to Obsidian. Now, we've kind of gone over that. Jay being John. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I, th- I think... Uh, I mean, we can... Did we t- touch on the why? That's the question. Yeah, I was, I was going to say, like, with, with your why and how, how it makes it invisible, I'm curious to see how that works with the multiple devices that you do have and use, because obviously Notion is Chrome-based. Notion, you can use whatever. Um, and Obsidian Sync is lovely. I do like it. I think we spoke before the before the start of the, the conversation, but there is a, a very small delay, depending on how long it's been since you've synced up your vault. Uh, so I'm curious how that how that impacts how potentially invisible or not it is. 
I think for me, because frankly, I'm so used to Notion and always having to think, even when these 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 tiny little things that really aren't the biggest deal, like the worst case of like, it doesn't quite sync in time. I've got a few extra seconds. Like the only time I ever really use it on my mobile is when I'm just trying to get things really quickly. And normally by that time I have my day synced, my daily note synced. Because most of the time I live in my daily note and start from there. Unless I'm doing proper research and proper like diving into some topics or diving into a workshop that I'm learning about. Um, but I primarily do that on this computer. And then my MacBook is in the house and is always running and is always on and Obsidian's always in the bottom corner. So it's syncing in the background for me. So I haven't, apart from that one experience of like where duplicate um, dailies, that is- Should we explain that? I don't think we have. Yeah, so basically if you start a daily note on one device and then both me and Danny, when we swipe down, on our phones it creates a new daily note if one isn't already created or takes her to our daily note um and if it hasn't synced and you pull down it kind of merges the notes together so puts the template in twice yeah because basically obsidian has made the note once in the first device but it hasn't quite synced on your second device yet so it thinks it's it hasn't been made so it then makes the note then when the sync catch, catches up, it realizes, oh, wait, you've already made that note. Let's put them together. That's what the note composer uh, action is, which you can find on the command palette if you do actually want to intend it, like, intentionally do that. Uh, so it will combine the two notes from the first device to the second device, giving you normally two templates, which is a little bit irritating. <laughs> yeah, but it's so... It just requires a tiny little bit of patience and a couple of seconds normally because of how that I think I think the biggest disruption I've had with sync was um a video file when I had a video file and I synced it between my computer and my mobile uh sorry my um Mac. MacBook in the house I think that's probably the the longest time and I've had a few sync issues where it's turned off some of my settings which was weird don't even know why but I'm kind of chalking it up to the fact that I'm just new to the app. So it's highly likely that apart from that one thing that you were talking about, it's all human error. It's me. Yeah, I know um, from my sister's experience, she's not very good at looking at settings. Uh, so <laughs> she just says, oh, it's broken or this doesn't work or why is it doing this? And she just hasn't pushed the toggle for the setting or something. Uh so yeah and i mean i i'm kind of like her go-to oh i don't know how to do this i can't be bothered to have a look i'm just going to ask danny and he's going to tell me so and for all intents and purposes as am i <laughs> i didn't want to say that but oh, no no i i i i am under no like illusion that i will come to you and ask because why wouldn't i it would be stupid not to otherwise i'm spending all of my time trying to figure it out and right now i don't need that i have much more important things that i want to be doing mm. and, yeah, and I, think... I think that's i think that 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 kind of sums up why i moved yeah because i have more important things that i want to be doing and the things that you're i ask you for are tiny little tweaks 
they're like so in insignificant it's almost ridiculous that i want want to have like a tiny thing um, apart from the css <laughs> yeah well the css is just i mean the thing is is that i could i could cope with what i already had if i'm honest yeah. but i didn't i didn't want to i wanted to i want i want it to feel like it's mine and that's something i kind of want to kind of want to riff on a little bit the customization in obsidian is very limited but the customization in obsidian is doable and has far more scope than notion because css plugins javascript etc but there's a barrier to entry notion doesn't have a barrier to entry with customization whereas obsidian does a load you... of crap yes it does no it doesn't you can drag and you can drag and drop blocks where you want you can color things how you want it's it's already there now, if you if you click on a block color and you want to change the block color in Notion, it's it's already there. It's just click and drop menus. If you want to color text, highlight the text, change the color. You want to change the color of bold in Obsidian, you need to go to the CSS. <laughs> you want to change the color of a quote block or a reference block, you need to go to the CSS. You want to change the color of headings, CSS again. CSS is that barrier, whereas Notion, it's just click on the right block. Okay, yeah, I can, I can see what you're saying there. But honestly, when it comes to databases, obviously Notion, but Obsidian doesn't have databases. However, though, if you do want to go into data view in Obsidian, you compare data view, functions, scripts, that's all code. And that has to be in a code block. And you have to go between the preview and the edit mode. And you have to have all the Boolean logic correct. Whereas Notion, it's just click the filter, click the sort. Yeah. I, I'm not even playing with data view. That's just way above my head. Yeah, Too much Cody shit involved. And it's also, I think, yeah, the CSS functionality, I suppose, is, is but <laughs> weirdly enough, I like that. Yeah, that, that's, that's where I was going. It's, it's a barrier, but it's, a, it's an easy enough barrier to overcome if you really want to make the change. Yeah, and if not, it doesn't matter. Whereas with Notion, if you don't figure out how to do, well, up until recently, if you don't figure out how to do columns correctly, then you have to do this ridiculous workaround. And it's just like, well, why do I have to do that? It's like, good question. Don't know. Now, no, no. thank you, Notion. They have fixed that tiny little thing. And now everyone is going to forget that that was a problem. Like, but I think it goes back to what is important. I don't need to tweak anything with my CSS. Well, I do now because I've just turned on a flip feature. It's like a massive, great big, like, freaking nightmare. None of it. That's beside the point. Um, <laughs> But like, it's just so easy. I know what you're talking about as well. <laughs> yeah. Just like, because that's right. Fine. CSS time. Visual code. It's literally control shift I. Go to the top left. Click the button. Click on the thing. That's the class. Okay. Inactive. <laughs> I've, I've done that so many times with mine. <laughs> Beautiful. I love it. But yeah, it's. I think the barrier to entry of Obsidian is made bigger than it needs to be. I think we discussed that last week as well. Yeah, yeah. If, if you want to do lots of stuff, there is a bigger barrier, I think. But I think like there's, in, in my head, there are three barriers to Obsidian. One, which is using, which I think is way lower than Notion's. Like Notion's barrier to start using is, is higher than Obsidian's. Then there's the, the power user type uh, barrier where you actually start using the application and again i think obsidian's barrier again is lower than notions uh, but then when it gets to customization and it, like i don't want to say like advanced but when you really want to play with obsidian that barrier is way higher than notions because that that barrier is coding that's that css javascript html yeah i think that that 
And for the tinkerers, it's great. But otherwise, I can just get on with, get on with it. Because most people don't need that third level. <laughs> Whereas in two. Notion, I think the difference is, is many people need that third level to get what they need. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's the biggest difference between the two. Like for you to really customize your system in Notion, you really need to know most of the advanced features. And I think you can even see this. Like when when I watch videos, there aren't as many videos on Obsidian as there are Notion, obviously. But when you watch Obsidian videos, people say, oh yeah, I've been using Obsidian for like a couple of days and this is my system. And you don't see another video. You see a video from someone like Notion. Oh yeah, I've been using Notion for a couple of weeks uh, and I'm starting to get used to this. And then they'll put another video up in like two weeks. Oh yeah, I changed my Notion system and it now looks like, that's a whole month of using Notion before they've even comfortable. Whereas Obsidian, it's a couple of days and they're using it. Yeah. And it's so much, it, it, it is, it's just, it's just. An invisible app. It is an invisible app. Yeah. It is a deliciously invisible app. Right. I, th- I think that, I think that rounds it up pretty nicely. Pretty much. So thank you very much for joining us for this episode. No, 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 no. Uh, if you do like what we do, then please do <laughs> let us know and leave reviews everywhere and all that stuff. We really would like you to become part of the conversation. We are very much very biased on Obsidian these days, which is hilarious for the Notion Nerds podcast. Oh well. Um, we talk like, about Notion. So, so tell us why we're wrong. Talk to us about like what is an, what does an invisible app mean to you? What does that need to look like? Tell us. I'd love to know. You can um, go to anchor.fm forward slash notion nerds i think like forward slash an- uh, answer or something or question or something i fucking know i can't remember now um and let us know and uh otherwise we will see you next week bye bye